Hi, and welcome to Advanced Care Planning in Canada, the Speak Up podcast. This is episode number five. And today, we're going to be legally speaking. I'm your host, Laurel Gillespie, Director of Advanced Care Planning in Canada Initiative with the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association. Today, we wish to welcome to Legally Speaking, Daniel Goldgut, co-founder and CEO of Epilogue Wills, and Aaron Plug, the other co-founder and COO of Epilogue Wills. So Dan and Aaron, just to tell you a little bit about them, they're both Toronto-based tax and estate planning lawyers with over a decade of experience. And they don't just have law degrees, but they also have families. They each have two young children. Throughout their practice, they saw a lot of people really struggle to get their will and personal powers of attorneys for personal care done, often because they didn't feel they either had the knowledge, the time, or the money to do it. So considering that most people have fairly basic needs and don't really need a lawyer to make their will, Dan and Aaron knew there was a better way to do this. So they decided to trade in their suits for slippers about a year ago and quit their jobs to build epilogue wills, a simple and affordable way for people to make their will and personal powers of attorney online and help protect their loved ones. Epilogue launched in March at the very beginning of the pandemic is on a mission to democratize estate planning for all Canadians. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today for podcast number five. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for having us. How about you, Aaron? I'm doing great as well. Happy to be here and uh, happy to be part of the podcast. You're hanging in there working from home. It's challenging these days, isn't it? Well, like you mentioned, uh, we each have two young kids, so that can definitely pose a challenge sometimes. But uh, like everyone else these days, we're making the best of it. That's awesome. I know it's, it's a bit challenging to, to work from home and you miss that kind of connection with people that you would normally have in an office setting for sure. So I'd like to kind of go in to ask you a few questions just to give some clarity around advanced care planning and powers of attorney when it comes to personal care. And the first question I'd like to kind of jump right into it and, and ask you that as, as lawyers, how do these conversations with your clients start about future health care needs? How do, you, how do you begin those really important conversations? Uh, so it's a good question. And the, you know, the thing is when, uh, you know, like you mentioned off the top, Daniel and I were tax and estate planning lawyers. And so we had a lot of people throughout our time in practice call us up and engage us to help them with their estate planning. Um, but the thing is, you know, for most people, the conversation doesn't start with the, the idea or the question of, I need an advanced care plan or even the idea of, I need a power of attorney for personal care. For a lot of people, they don't even know what those things are. Uh, Where the conversation usually starts is somebody calling up and saying, I need to get my will done, right? So right away, people's minds go to the end of life planning, as opposed to the during life planning that you talk about with a power of attorney for personal care or an advanced care plan. And uh, people are focused on the end of life piece and the main uh, end of life piece is the will. But that's really the entry point for most lawyers into the conversation. So you have um, you know, an introductory call with the client and you gather some information and that leads to an introductory meeting. Um, what happens in that meeting is uh, you know, the client gives you a lot of personal information about themselves and you educate the client Uh, But again, most of that conversation is around the will making process. And so, you know, if a meeting is going to be an hour or an hour and a half long, I would say 
upwards of 90% of that meeting is usually talking about what has to go into the will and the structure of the will and the planning around the will. And it's unfortunate because uh, obviously there's so much more that goes into a plan. And when I talk about that, I mean specifically powers of attorney, both for property and for personal care. And then of course, there's the whole advanced care planning piece, which is kind of a layer on top of all of that. But um, you know, in our experience, at least, uh, we see those conversations uh, ending up as sort of the tail end of a will conversation. So uh, you can imagine probably after an hour of meeting with a lawyer and, and sort of being downloaded with a lot of legal information, a client is maybe a bit tired. A lot of information is being thrown at them. So it's, it's uh, you know, again, in our experience, the case that the uh, discussions about stuff that goes around the will, and I'm talking about the powers of attorney, advanced care planning, it's almost a tag on to the end of the conversation, uh, mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate right now. Yeah, you know, and, and that's one of the challenges that, that we have and, and one of our goals around advanced care planning is to really normalize this conversation that it's something that should be as natural as estate and, and financial planning and you know, sort of something that you revisit throughout milestones in your life, you know, when you graduate or buy a house and that it's more about, you know, taking care of business while you're, you're vibrant and healthy and, and not when you're in the middle of a crisis. So that kind of segues nicely into the next question that I had, that as lawyers, if you wanted to explain a little bit about why being able to offer advanced care planning as an additional resource for your clients is important for Canadians and beyond just having a power of attorney for personal care, that it delves a little bit more, I'm assuming, into sort of what your wishes and values are for your future healthcare needs when you're not able to speak for yourself. I do think that it it's really important for lawyers to know the resources that are out there uh, so that you can direct your clients there. And the challenge I think is sort of twofold on the lawyer side of things. So the first is that lawyers by and large charge by the hour. And so when a client comes in and you start doing work for them, um, it's your responsibility to educate them and do good work. But as you're doing that, the bill is increasing. And that's just the way it works. And so if someone comes in and you're doing wills and powers of attorney um, to then venture into the conversation around advanced care planning, um, if you may or may not be the right person to be the steward of that conversation, it also ends up increasing the bill. And so there's a bit of a conflict there. There's a bit of a, of a challenge of the lawyer's role in the advanced care planning. Um, and the second piece of that is just on the education side of things. So, I mean, lawyers are trained in a particular way and, and study the law in a particular area of law, um, less so, of course, on the advanced care plan side of things. And mm -hmm. so while the lawyer is the entry point often to the conversation, as Aaron was saying earlier, because it starts with a conversation around a will and then it leads into the powers of attorney, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of room for improvement of finding ways to empower lawyers to start those conversations without mm -hmm. necessarily requiring them to know exactly where that's going to go or to then be in charge of that conversation and in charge mm -hmm. of that process. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you talk about that because in the last year, I guess it was just January that we released three new resources from CHPCA, and that was the National Pan-Canadian Framework. But additionally, we created a resource that was made by lawyers for lawyers to help them facilitate these conversations around advanced care planning. 
and let's say a situation or a scenario where someone does come in and they're not well, the legal community doesn't always speak the medical language, the medical community doesn't always speak the legal language. So we created this resource and it's, it's gotten tremendous feedback so far from the legal community as being a wonderful resource to help facilitate and guide and aid in those conversations with clients. So I know that one thing that we often hear from people, the general public, is they, all, they say or dismiss that they don't need an advanced care plan because they have a legal living will. And I, I always kind of understood it that a living will was something that was very much an American thing on the other side of the border. And I, can, can you tell me, like, are living wills even legal in Canada? Are they something that holds any weight? This really comes down to uh, nomenclature. You know, you, you, you hear the word living will thrown around a lot, and I think it is more of an American concept. Uh, in Ontario, there's no legal document called a living will. And when people use the term, I think that they're referring to one of two things. So one of the things they could be referring to is their power of attorney for personal care which is a legal and legally binding document, assuming that it's drafted and executed properly. The other thing mm -hmm. that people might be referring to when they use the term living will is an advanced care plan, which doesn't have necessarily the legal force or the same legal ramifications as a power of attorney for personal care. So I'm gonna just explain the difference a little bit. So a power of attorney for personal care is a legal document that allows an individual, while they're capable, to designate somebody as what's called their substitute decision maker. So uh, what you're doing is you're signing a document that says, if I become incapable of making decisions for my own personal care and well-being, and whether that means um, whether it's consenting to a specific you know, medical procedure or not, or whether that's something around directing what happens if, uh, you know, at, at end of life, or whether it means, uh, you know, admit me to a, a nursing home or keep me in my own home. If those are decisions that a person can't make on their own, and if they've created a legally valid power of attorney for personal care, the substitute decision maker who they have named in that document has the legal authority to make those decisions. That's exactly. separate. That's separate, though, from um, a more robust advanced care plan. And um, again, it doesn't. The, the the concept of advanced care plan is not necessarily a legal concept in the same way that a power of attorney for uh, personal care is. But an advanced care plan can be a lot more robust than uh, a power of attorney for personal care because a power per, uh, a power of attorney for personal care. Uh, vest someone with the legal authority to make decisions, but they still, uh, that person still needs some guidance about what decisions to make. And that's where the advanced care plan comes in. Uh, power of attorney for personal care is typically a very short legal document, and that's all you really need to make it effective and to give that substitute decision maker the uh, legal authority to act. But the question is with that power, with that authority, what's the person doing? And so the advanced care plan is when so where somebody can turn their minds to specific cases, specific circumstances that maybe they've never even thought of before, but a good advanced care plan questionnaire will prompt some of those things. And will say to somebody, in this particular situation, what would you want to done? And it gives somebody the opportunity to uh, put something down on paper to really give guidance 
to that person who has the legal authority to make decisions on their behalf of what they would want done. It's sort of the instructions manual for your power of attorney for personal care when you can't make those decisions on your own. So again, the concept of legal, legal uh, of living will, you might hear it thrown around, but if somebody is going to mention that they have a living will, I think it's important to clarify what they mean by that exactly. Do you have an advanced care plan where you've sort of set out the instructions or have you just named the person who's going to uh, have the right to make decisions on your behalf? Right, exactly. So well put, uh, Aaron. And, and that's kind of one of the things, having had the experience of, of you know, losing my mother-in-law and had power of attorney for personal care and financial, but it's sort of like that nice little neat document. It's something you need to do and you, you get it done and then you kind of put it away and tuck it away. So yes, you have the authority to make decisions on that person's behalf, but it still comes back down to that question of what is it that really matters to that individual? And you don't necessarily have those kinds of conversations, even though you might have a power of attorney. Whereas advanced care planning is very much about the minutiae, the finer details of, of really having the important conversation about what's important to that individual. What brings meaning to their life? What do their needs look like maybe one day when they're not able to speak for themselves? And it's that kind of missing link, I think. But also when you do complete your advanced care plan or, or participate in advanced care planning, one of our free resources on our website is that we always, you know, there's five really five steps to the process of that. And is, you know, think about what's right for you. You know, what's important? What are your values and your beliefs? And then learn about what medical procedures might be optional for you down the road, which is why it has to be revisited because your healthcare needs change over, over time. And choosing that substitute decision maker, someone that you can entrust with speaking on your behalf, doesn't always necessarily have to be your partner or a family member, but you need to talk about what those wishes are and then record them. And when you record them, have it witnessed by at least a couple other people other than that substitute decision maker. And that tends to give it a bit more weight um, and meaning. And, and then reviewing it regularly is another really important part of it. Um, you know, significant milestones or tax time or your birthday, that kind of thing. So I'm really glad that you took the time to explain that because I think people often look at it power of attorney and think, okay, yeah, I've done that. I've got that little check in the box. Now I'll put that in my important papers file folder and I don't really need to look at it again because <laughs> I've done that part. But I think it's, it needs to be expanded on it. And as you so eloquently put it, that the advanced care plan does go into that finer detail of, of what things are important to people. So. I just, I was going to ask that in your opinion, then if someone's completed and recorded an advanced care planning workbook, do they still really need a power of attorney or is having your advanced care plan witnessed by someone other than your substitute maker enough? You would still want to have a power of attorney for personal care in place. You'd want the legal document that's been witnessed correctly, created, as Aaron said, it's, it's, they sort of achieve two different things and they do it together. So the power of attorney for personal care gives someone legal authority to make those decisions. And then the advanced care plan sets out in greater detail what those decisions should be or a way to think about making those decisions. So I would think it is still necessary to create both of those documents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, you know, and, and yeah, the more that you have to, to back it up, I guess the better, but we're trying to find a way that nationally we can have something that is the gold standard for having the, your wishes and your beliefs and values expressed in a document and that gives someone the authority to speak on your behalf. 
The other resource that we released in January, which is a Living Well, Planning Well document that's geared towards the general public that looks at what your individual rights are across the country. And because the laws do vary greatly from province to province and territory to territory, with the exception of none of it, that still doesn't have concrete legislation around us yet. But the document actually looks at and, and shows the differences between each province. And we're more transient than we've probably ever been before. Quite often, we don't live in the same city that our, our families that we grew up around are in anymore. We move away from home and you know, then later in life, we look at moving parents from province to province and what they may have in place in one province may not be recognized in another. And one of the interesting things that I learned about in the last 10 years or so was that if you don't have someone identified either through an advanced care plan workbook or through a power of attorney for personal care is that a substitute decision maker can be decided for you in the event that you don't have someone and there's a hierarchical list and this resource that we created goes through each one of the provinces and territories and, and shows what that hierarchical list looks like. So, you know, it is an important, um, an important thing for people to participate in. And now more than ever, I think in the times that we're living in with COVID, it's become, if there's a silver lining in any of this, it'll help people to realize the importance of advanced care planning. And as I like to say, getting your ducks in a row. It's really quite that simple. And once you have these incredibly difficult but incredibly important conversations, it's like a weight is lifted off of you. I mean, it's something that you do have a little bit of control over. And from personal experience, I can tell you that the time to not be thinking about advanced care planning and what you want to, or what you think your needs might be is when you're in crisis mode and you've been diagnosed with a serious illness. It's incredibly stressful on its own to receive a diagnosis. But then when you're trying to think about all these other things, it's not the ideal, the time is now. There's no greater time than now to be considering these things. And even as young as 18, you graduate high school, start thinking about what your future healthcare needs might be and what's important to you. Is there anything else that you would like, either one of you would like to add to our conversation today to help Canadians better understand the importance of advanced care planning? There's one thought that comes to mind sort of as this conversation has gone on and it's it's sort of a, a place where I think there's a real commonality between creating a will and creating an advanced care plan, which is that a lot of people think that this isn't the right time. Um, people look at wills as, let's wait until I can make the perfect will. So let's wait until I have enough assets or if my family looks a certain way because it's not worth doing it now, I'll just do it then. Almost that they're creating a document that is then static, that won't be changed. And as you're talking about advanced care planning, it's clear to me that the idea is not that you wait so that you do it one time and leave it alone and never look at it again. And that sets out your wishes sort of from here on out. The idea is that like a will, you should create the document now that sets out your wishes now and then you can continue to look back if it's one year two year five years ten years and if you look back and that document continues to reflect your wishes great you don't change it if it doesn't then you go in and change it so like a will if the person that you named as a guardian for your minor children if five years down the road that's not the right person anymore you make a change and you put someone else in and same with the advanced care plan. If you said that you wanted one course of action and in five years, based on life circumstances or science and advances in medicine, you look and say, you know what, I actually feel a little bit differently about that. You can change those things. And so we often said in our practice, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. So 
don't do nothing on the basis that you're waiting to do what's perfect. Uh, you're better to do something now, protect your interests in your family. Yeah, no, exactly. Let your wishes it, it, be known and then make changes as, exactly. as it presents itself. Yeah, because uh, it's never too early, but it can be too late, right? <laughs> so it's better to not duck the conversation and, and take care of those important things um, early on as opposed to later and putting it off. One of the so, other uh, points I wanted to make uh, on that and sort of doing the plan and, and doing it early and revising it often is, especially for something like this that's so personal and where you're going to complete the legal documentation as well to make sure that you've named the right person as your power of attorney for personal care. You know, it's one thing for that person to uh, review the workbook that you've prepared where you've sort of signed a document at the end expressing with, uh, you know, uh, um, in your own handwriting or with uh, yeses and nos what you want to do. But it's a very different thing to actually have the conversation with that person. And that's an important piece that's often left out. So whether it's just a power of attorney for personal care or a will or an advanced care plan, I think that uh, for a lot of people, they complete it. And then as you said, Laurel, it kind of gets put in a drawer. And uh, I think a lot of people miss the next step, which is a really important one, which is tell people about these things, not just where it's stored, but what's in there, why it's in there, because that's really what are gonna bring these pieces of paper, this black and white uh, text to life, where they're actually hearing these about these wishes from you directly, and it'll really help uh, that person understand why you made certain decisions and help inform the decisions that they may one day have to make on your behalf. So well put, Aaron uh, and Daniel. Um, I think we're gonna, our time has come to a close for today's uh, podcast, um, but I would love to continue the conversation further. Um, and, and we could probably talk about it for many hours because it does get quite complicated, but it doesn't have to be. So on behalf of the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association and the Advanced Care Planning and Canada Initiative, I'd like to thank you both, Daniel and Aaron, uh, the founders of epilogwills.com for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts and, and some of your ideas around these important, uh, important issues for Canadians. For more information or to reach Daniel or Aaron, you can visit their website at www.epilogwills.com. And for those of you who may like more information about advanced care planning, you can visit our website at www.advancedcareplanning.ca. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram to stay in the know about what's happening in Canada. So until next time, be well, stay safe, and thank you so much. <laughs>